Welcome to On Strategy Showcase. This is Fergus in Chicago. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at OnStrategy1. That's OnStrategy1, the number one. Uh, or you can follow me on LinkedIn, and um, we can keep connected in those different ways. Um, you may also know that our shows and our episodes are now sort of available almost simulcast on demand. Um, you can see and listen to the shows uh, both on the podcast platforms and on the website. And over, over, I think over the next month or two, the actual website is going to evolve into something different. So the majority of the shows will exist uh, on the uh, podcast platforms. Um, so we're excited uh, to have that back for everybody to be able to access it uh, for free from anywhere around the world. So we're excited about it. The show today is around Honda, and um, this sort of uh, came out of this idea of doing a sort of a deep dive into the automotive category. I've worked in the category in the past in a number of different brands, and so um, I have various opinions on it. And um, one of the things that's interesting about automotive, a massive amount of money is spent uh, on advertising and marketing. And uh, in some cases, there isn't a real clear sense of the distinction between uh, different brands. Uh, and so that's what's kind of led me to do this series to see if we can uh, kind of a strategist sort of uh, uh, surface out some of the distinctions uh, amongst these brands so that we are able to better talk about them and think about them. We've recorded episodes with Volvo, uh, Volkswagen, Honda, Toyota, Audi, Kia, uh, and of course, this one with Honda, and more of them are planned. Uh, but they're really interesting. And, and I think they're really interesting because so many of them are unique companies uh, with unique structures. So uh, today is a conversation about Honda and about, it's kind of looked at through the lens of the paper campaign. And uh, that's a campaign from uh, Honda Vehicles North America. But what's interesting about paper is that it's also a sort of a corporate Honda campaign, because uh, I think to most people, uh, Honda is a vehicle company, cars, crossovers, SUV, truck, and of course, the extraordinary minivan. I happen to own one. Uh, but Honda is so much uh, more than that. It's also motorcycles, it's all-terrain vehicles, it's marine engines, it's jet planes, it's leaf blowers, power generators, lawnmowers, hedge trimmers, and so much more. So the question becomes, what is Honda? And how should that definition be leveraged in vehicle marketing? The, the power of dreams has long been Honda's overarching tagline when talking about the broader sort of multi-division Honda brand. In, in essence, that sort of portfolio uh, brand. Now, I'm not personally a fan of those words, the power of dreams, but I understand their intent. The power of dreams feels right as an internal message, but it's tougher to see how it works as a kind of a consumer-facing one. Now, creatively, however, some amazing work has been developed by agencies like Wyden with uh, work including uh, Gurr, Impossible Dreams, Hands, and Cog. And work from today's guest agency has also been terrific. Uh, we're joined today by Christian Cocker. He's SVP Executive Strategic Planning Director at RPA. RPA is Ruben Poster and Associates in Los Angeles. Now, RPA has been Honda's North American agency since 1986. Yes, you heard that right, 1986. 
They did the uh, award-winning paper campaign, which, like Wyden's Impossible Dreams and Hands, showcases the broader Honda portfolio of products. And Christian shares with us today the story behind that campaign. The interesting thing about this campaign is that it is sort of a corporate-like campaign, meaning that it is showcasing all of the product portfolio, but it's been targeted towards vehicle buyers. So it's a really interesting twist on how they've attempted to make that work. Um, A couple of things to note. Uh, First of all, in the conversation, I mistakenly compare the paper spot to the cog spot. What I meant to compare was the paper spot to the hands uh, spot. So um, it'll make sense when you see the creative work. So if you do want to see the work, you can see it on the onstrategyshowcase.com website. uh, Or if you're listening on a podcast platform, uh, you can search for them on YouTube. So this is Christian Cocker. We talk Honda. We talk about the automotive category. And we talk about the paper campaign. Enjoy. So I'm excited to do this. There's uh, there's a rich history with uh, Ruben Poster advertising RPA in uh, in Los Angeles and the Honda brand in in uh, North America. Um, uh, the work and the relationship. I'm always stunned, man. I'm always stunned when I hear about relationships that go back, like this one does, to the mid 1980s. This was 1986 when. Uh, Ruben Poster got the Honda account. Can you tell us the background? What led to that? Yeah, no, it is pretty amazing. And I, I you know, RPA, Ruben Poster and Associates is a is an incredibly special place because um, it has had this incredibly long relationship. So uh, back in '86, um, the uh, there were you know there were a lot of mergers of ad agencies back in the day. So. Um, there was an agency called Needham Harper um, where Jerry Rubin and Larry Poster worked and they had the Honda account. And what happened was, was um, DDB um, and Needham Harper ended up becoming a merger, right? So they merged into one company and this inevitably, inevitably happens where, you know, there's conflicting accounts. So the conflicting account was Volkswagen and um, Larry and Jerry heard that, um, the the plan was to drop Honda, and obviously they'd been working on Honda and they loved the clients, and so um, they actually went to the the CEO of Honda at the time, and they said, you know what, if we set up an agency to service your account, just want to let you know that you, you know you're going to be dropped in this merger, um, but if we set up an agency, uh, would that be something you'd be interested in, and um, you know. Famously, the the CEO of Honda at the time turned to uh, Larry and Jerry and said, uh, "I have one question," and they're like, "Sure, you know, go ahead." And he said, "Is it the same people that will be working on my account?" And they're like, "Absolutely." And so that was kind of it. They said yes, and that was when uh, Ruben uh, and Poster. And associates was was created in 1986, and because of that, it's fascinating because the culture of the agency, um, because it was born of of servicing Honda, is very very similar to Honda. So it's sort of like uh, a sort of a mirror image in terms of the 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 respect that the company has. You know, Honda has this this uh, this uh, respect for the individual and the way they treat them. 
employees and RPA is very similar and we we sort of call it people first but um, it, it's just this incredible relationship that has, has gone on a long time which you just don't see in advertising. Let's frame Honda. People uh, people that are listening to this show may think of Honda as as most people think of Honda which is Honda vehicles. So it's the cars, it's the trucks, it's the minivans, the SUVs. But, but for the sake of, of the broader I, a concept of brand, Honda is a lot more than that. Honda is ATVs, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's aircraft, it's, it's, it's so it's, many other things. So tell us a little bit about the broader brand before we get into the vehicle brand. Yeah, you know, and actually sets up one of the one of the interesting sort of directions we've been we've been going, or one of the challenges, which is, to your point, it it very much seen as a car company. Honda is so much more than just this perception of a car company. Um, and and in actual fact, if you if you look globally, they they're one of the biggest manufacturers of motorbikes on the planet. Um, and you know, I think the the Honda uh, Super Cub is one of the best selling vehicles ever. <laughs> on the planet Earth, right? Which is mind blowing. So, um, motorbikes, marine engines, weed whackers, power generators, um, you know, those sort of ATVs and those sort of off road Talon vehicles, if you've seen those, which are amazing. An and aircraft, too, there's an airplane built yeah, by jets. So. There's a really amazing, you know, completely different design jet where the engines are above the wing, which is a totally different way of thinking, which is, you know, this is. You know, Honda is uh, is you know at its core is a company that 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 just just really believes in ha- in following these these imaginative ideas and and putting them into practice. So you'll see you'll see these things like uh, you know Osimo back in the day the you know the, the the robot that was able to walk and or, you know really pushing things forward and um, a lot of mobility uh, you know equipment for people who are having trouble walking and. Uh, they, they have the Unicup. They, it, it goes on and on. And yeah. really, it's one of those companies where they encourage every every sort of employee who has ideas to to find more innovative ways to solve problems. So if you're a, if you're a Honda employee and you work the work on the car line um, and you have a really simple idea where you're like, oh, you know, this would if we just did X, Y, and Z, that would solve that paint problem that we that we keep getting that that's causing the the line to slow a little. We could actually be ten percent faster if we came up with this really cool idea. Honda is a company that in, encourages every employee to literally speak up and bring their ideas, and that so that's sort of like belief in ideas and and, and encouraging people to actually uh, make those ideas happen is at the core of of what Honda's about. And so the bigger brand level honda really is sort of this sort of ideas and action company and just this sort of like you know having the the courage to take brilliant ideas and follow them and and be okay with failure you know it's funny you 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 know these days you hear you know you know google for for a while there they were like oh they've got this idea of failing fast and that being a new concept and it's like you know what honda was honda was okay with failure you know 40 50 years ago and it's embedded in their kind of dna it's okay to fail as long as you learn from the failure and, you know, you will, you will get to a better solution, but you have to have that freedom to, to, to be brave, to, to see if an idea can, can actually work or not. So the, so the big challenge becomes making that uh, something that people care about uh, from a, from a buyer point of view uh, as a, as a car company. And one of, one of the things that's really challenging when you have this sort of a conglomerate type 
a company such as Honda, such as Samsung. Um, it's the idea that trying to find some commonality across all of these disparate divisions uh, in terms of a brand can be a super, super challenging thing. And it can end up, you, you know, the idea of you sort of falling to the lowest common denominator uh, is, is a real risk that you have to do something that's just as okay. And we were talking about this same concept in the Samsung uh, podcast because it, it was dealing with the same issues because Samsung is involved in mobile phones. It's involved with home appliances. It's involved with insurance, with healthcare, with so many different things that don't seem to have a connective tissue. Uh, but with Honda, they do have a connective tissue because Honda kind of produces one thing in and applies it in many different categories, right? So it's it's down to, in essence, sort of powertrain, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, Engines. In, in, yeah, it's, um, you know, if you really, really, you know, pass it down, it, it, it's this idea of, you know, at the heart, they are an engine company. And I think if you take the concept of engine, it's, it's, it's velocity, it's mobility, it's movement, right, from one point to another. Um, classically, that engine is a uh, combustion engine, right? But, but it, you know, in the future, it's, it's an electric engine. So, yeah. um, and, and, or, or a, or a jet engine or, um, you know, uh, Asimo, it's a, it's a robot that, that walks along and, and so on. So, um, absolutely. There is this sort of core, um, you know, philosophy of, of being a, a mobility company. Yes. Um, and, and actually that gets, you know, Fergus, that really gets to the heart of the, the challenge with Honda. The challenge with Honda is not trying to find an interesting way to position the brand or um, trying to create something meaningful that the, the brand can stand for. You know, I've worked on a lot of things where you, you make stuff up, you know, you, you, you yes. have to like find something, you know, like, you know, my, my favorite go-to as an example is, you know, Dove soap, which used to be about, uh, you know, it's a, it's a chemical cake. It's a white brick of, of chemicals that, that, you know, that they used to sell, being uh, about pH neutral, so it's soft on your skin, or it's a moisturizing soap bar, right? That's what it used to used to be, and and then suddenly they they're like, well, there must be something more meaningful we can we can care about that human beings are gonna go, well, yeah, that's that's more meaningful, and and you know to their credit, uh, they did that with the the campaign for real beauty. The challenge with or the the fascinating or wonderful thing about Honda is those sort of like beliefs and stuff, they're all baked in, they're all there, but there's, there's sort of like a lot to it. There's too much. It's too rich. If you will, you know, the, the thing about advertising is, is you need to simplify things down. And so, um, the challenge that we faced, um, was, uh, you know, you, you would, you would ask clients, you know, when I first started on the business, I would say, well, what does the brand stand for? And they would say, Oh, it's uh, blue skies for our children. That's like a, one of the <laughs> mantras, right. Which is about, you know, technology making the world a better place and you know you, all that kind of stuff and getting rid of pollution and fuel efficiency and all those things and then it would be uh, another high level one was you know being a company that society wants to exist which is a great goal for a company right it's like we, we want to be a company that society wants to exist right how many think about how many companies that people just don't give a damn um and um and then you know some of the other things would be you know, more, more sort of attribute level, clean, safe, fun, or fun to drive, or, you know, we're this exciting, youthful kind of challenger brand and, and so on. So I, none of these are wrong. They're, they're, they're all true. Um, 
And, and then you start delving deeper into the stories of the company and the founders, and you realize that they, they have these incredibly strong feelings about what they're about. And the challenge is, is to simplify that down. Um, and, and so, you know, that, that's one thing that I've sort of, that I had a lot of fun with because, I, you know, you rarely do you get to work on such an amazing brand that has all this richness there. And really the challenge is, is to sort of sift through it and, and distill it down so that the, uh, you know, you and the client kind of look at a, look at a brief together and go, yes, that's the, that's the thing we're going to focus on and try to bring to life in a, in a 30 second spot or a two minute video or whatever it is. But um, when you're, so Christian, when you're, when you're in that situation though, when you're a part of, when you're part of a brand that is bigger than the category, it, its own segment in, in vehicles, um, how much of it, when you're developing this brand, are you trying to find the truth within the car company uh, expression of Honda, but also making sure that it's truthful to the broader uh, brand of Honda, global brand of, not the global brand of the vehicles, but the overall uh, corporation. Is that something that your automotive client is conscious of, that we have to make sure that it actually works across all the, all the divisions? Or are you thinking only in the space of cars when you're going about that task with the client, with your car client? I think that's, <clears throat> that's a great question. Um, and I think it, over the, you know, period, it will depend on the, on, on different clients and their sort of different sort of focus and what they're being tasked with doing. I will say that the, uh, it, there are times where, you know, ultimately the goal is to sell cars, right? That's, you know, you, and, and advertising is one of those things where you, you cannot forget what it's there for, right? Ultimately it's to sell this product, which in North America, the client that is my client is to sell cars. So, um, the question is, what's the best way to, to, to go about that, right? And the, the thing that makes Honda powerful and unique is that it isn't just a car company. It isn't just like, you know, these other companies that, that all they do is make cars. And actually, it's not just, oh, we make other stuff. It's actually the, what, the way Honda thinks and the way Honda behaves as a company that makes them interesting. And that actually makes them compelling to, to people, you know, out in the world. You go, that, that is a company that I can respect and I like the way they think. Arguably, one of the other challenges too is that technology has moved forward. And now, you know, when, when Honda first came to, uh, you know, America, they were, they were this sort of challenger brand, you know, Japanese quality, and they, they took on the domestics. And for a long time, they actually made a significantly superior product to, you know, it was just obvious that they were more reliable. They didn't break down as much as domestic vehicles. Now, um, they're still, they're st that's still incredibly true, but the rest of the industry, you know, the, the, the level of the worst car in the category is still a pretty good car, right? That's how, that's how far technology's come now. So the, the, the sort of like differentiating on that sort of more rational um, sort of the product level, if you will, is challenging because you're now sort of more in that, you know, parody world where, you know, a lot of other categories and industries have, have faced that for years and years, years and years and years, right? So you think about Coke versus Pepsi, they're both refreshing, they're both wet, they've both got carbonation in them, right? You look at the car industry now and it's like, you know, the, the, the brands like Hyundai and Kia, 
<clears throat> they they make great products now. Now they yeah, exactly the yeah. consumers may not perceive that yet because that's how brands work, right? But it does say that you the real the real opportunity moving forward has to be in differentiating on the intangible, on the emotional, not on the rational, because the rational, you're not going to win, right? Because the products can easily catch up with each other, even if you have the latest, you know, development, you know, if you put a vacuum cleaner in a minivan, a couple of years later, everyone's got a vacuum cleaner in a minivan, even if you're the one who came out with it first. So it becomes critical to differentiate based on, uh, you know, you know, like think about Coke and Pepsi, they're differentiating based on this is how we think about the world, or this is what we care about, which is very different. And it's very emotional. Tell me about sort of your take on the on the automotive category by brand. I'd, I'd love to know how you think about or you can answer it from the, the lens of Honda, whichever you choose. But wh- who do you f- how do you think of Toyota, of VW, of Hyundai, of of Nissan, of Subaru, how do you think they're positioned, these different brands? I'd love to get your perspective on that. Yeah, you know, obviously one of the first breaks is really, um, you know, mass, right? So kind of luxury is its own kind of world, although, you know, the the world the world always moves, right? So it doesn't matter, you know, you can try and simplify these things down. Um, so even with saying, well, you know, luxury is in our world, uh, luxury brands start making, you know, BMW makes the one series, like, so it, it reaches down into mass. And um, we yeah. have, you know, you know, it, it, it's, it's fascinating, you know, Honda makes the Odyssey, the minivan, right? It's the best minivan out there. So very wealthy people will buy that minivan, which means that you're, sometimes you're playing in that luxury higher income world. But generally speaking, it's, um, it's, it's mass. Toyota classically, always spends way more than Honda. So even though arguably the Japanese brands coming into America back in the day were sort of challenger brands, Honda is still sort of that, you know, let's do it smarter for less money, more efficiently. There are times where you go, well, I'm not entirely sure what the core of Toyota is. They do they do have this tagline and they kind of thread things together. But I'll be honest, like, you know, and I work in the industry, I don't, I don't have a strong sense of what Toyota really stands for. Nor do I. Um, Nor yeah, do I. So, so it's a challenge. Um, but uh, but there is, it's interesting, there is just this, you know, sometimes when you simplify things down, there is, and Honda, Honda has a benefits from this too, there just is this sort of like Toyota and Honda are these, you know, dependable, reliable Japanese cars. I struggle with so many automotive brands in the mask segments to sort of identify the distinctions between them other than the nameplates and and the design and the look of them i see distinction in in vehicle design uh in nameplate but i don't see it at the brand level i just see that i i agree with you that they kind of are clumped together as one as being more reliable being a little bit more reliability, so it's kind of functional distinction, yeah. but n- nothing going on emotionally yeah. when I'm connected I, to them. Yeah, and I think you know, um, I which think is that, why I'm doing this like, this whole deal yeah, no, with the I, automotive. I'm trying to explore it because I I can see it at the, at the premium level and I can see it at the luxury level, but I don't see it at the entry level and the mass level. I love what Subaru is doing. Nissan, yeah, Subaru. You, you 
you know, is a great example in, in just being consistent and, and carving out an emotional space, right? Yes. And, and it's very clear that it's not about the individual product model. And I think that that literally is one of the challenges is you think about Toyota, right? They make the Land Cruiser, they make the Camry, they make the, uh, you know, they've got the Sequoia, they've got, they've got all these different, um, you know, nameplates that they, and you, and you can see there is fundamentally, there is sometimes the system itself, right, is part of what, um, you know, you know, I'm a biologist. So it's sort of like the DNA that leads to the phenotype, right? It's like, what do you have blue eyes? It's based on your DNA. So there's something inside the company that means that you end up having blue eyes, right? So think about these companies who they have a team who works on the next, you know, truck model and it's the nameplate and they, they, they're very like, they're part of that group. It's the Tundra team. And, and then they're like, well, how do we make the, you know, or, or with the Camry team, how do we make the, the Camry different from the other sedan in our lineup. So it becomes about differentiating that product in their own company versus the other products. Not what are we about as a company and how does this new model support that theme? Now, one of the fascinating things is to your point about just being in the consideration set. Um, 50, I think the, the, the latest data uh, is that 59% of people um, who start, you know, suddenly say, I'm, I'm now thinking about shopping for a vehicle. So they haven't done the shopping or the research yet. 59% of people have actually already made up their mind on the brand or model. Uh, so if you think about that, that's nearly, you know, 60%, nearly two thirds of people in the marketplace have already made up their mind, which means they've made up their mind on an emotional connection, Right. And so if you really want to win this war moving forward, you really need to, to, to have that emotional connection. And that data is actually going up. So it's gone up like 15, uh, or it's gone up like, uh, what, like five points or 50. I'm going to get this wrong, but it's, it's significantly gone up in the past five years. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's growing. Is, is there an appetite you think post paper? Uh, for uh, within Honda for kind of carving out a larger percent of the budget towards marketing efforts at the brand level? Yeah, I, I would say um, just more recently with the way that um, auto shoppers, uh, you know, people out in the world, their behaviors have changed. So you go back to that, you know, 59% of, of, of people have already made up their mind before they actually start shopping. So, you know, you talk about six month intenders and the shopping, uh, the customer journey and all that stuff. When, as soon as they just start looking online, they, they're like, you know, programmatic will just attack them right in a good way for, for, for the, for the brands that are doing it. But the, I think the point being that there is a realization that you do need to create that relationship before the shopping occurs, which means the top of the funnel the bar is much higher when you're not actively shopping for a car to break through because, because people haven't turned the front of their brains on and they're not actively looking for car commercials, right? So you actually need a commercial that, that doesn't necessarily feature strongly all the features of the car because they're not thinking about that. They just, they just want to enjoy their day, right? Um, so uh, it's a, it is a different mindset. And I think there is a realization that, um, that you do need to do that um, but you have to feed all the children. There are systemic problems, right? You, you've only got so much money. You do need to 
deal with the bottom of the funnel and the middle of the funnel and the top of the funnel. So it is a delicate balancing act. Um, and I don't think you can just turn one off and turn the other on. You need to find that, that balance for what, what's right for your business. Prior to paper, does the client come to the agency uh, and say, our concern is that we've been focusing maybe too much of our efforts on nameplate marketing and we need to kind of find our way back to the brand, get back to the roots of the brand? Or was that uh, your team going to them and saying, uh, we really need to, to, um, to focus on reigniting our distinction or the passion around the brand again? I think you know it's 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 uh, one of those things where it's not uh, it's not a it's not a binary thing where you say yes no. It, I think it's a bit of both. I think um, my experience in life um, is that great advertising comes from great clients, and so um, we, as a team uh, on on our side, we knew that we were at a point where you know we it would be great to really invest more in that brand equity. Um, and, and for the reasons we've talked about earlier, where it's like, you know, parity in the marketplace and differentiating on product was becoming very, very difficult. So we, we kind of knew and we put that together that we needed to push to a more emotional connection. We just happened to have good timing where um, the CEO at the time of Honda um, had a desire because unless that CEO wants it, it's not going to happen. But right. he had a desire to. Um, to, to sort of get more of an emotional connection. And it's interesting because since then, you know, the, 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 the CEO um, of, of Honda globally, you know, started using language more recently of, I want to make my brand the most likable brand. Now that's a big thing, right? That's about emotion like, that's not, um, you know, the highest intention or anything like that. So, um, so we happened to have a CEO at the time and, you know, his brief to us was, um, it was it was pretty wonderful actually. We we went we went down to their offices, and we're in an office that has no windows. So it's a <laughs> it's just a rectangular room with a whiteboard on one side, and it's a long rectangular table. And um, the CEO is sitting by the door at the end of the table, as as you can expect. And then uh, myself and the creative director and the, the lead account uh, person are sitting on one side, and some of the other executives on the client side are sitting on the other side. And the CEO is, this is our meeting where he's kind of explaining to us that he, he really does want to do some brand work. And he, he says to us, uh, he says, um, I'd like you to hold your breath and close your eyes. So we're, we're like, oh, okay. And then he turns the, the light off in the room and there are no windows. So we're now in pitch black and you could hear a pin drop, right? And so with, and, and I'm, you know, I've got my, uh, I've also got my eyes closed, which just seems a little superfluous because the, the lights are <laughs> out. Um, but I'm holding my breath and I'm thinking, that's weird. Like, what's the protocol? Do you let the CEO win the breath holding contest or, you know, like. <laughs> he just fall on the floor. Yeah. What do you, what do you do in the scenario? That's and enough. then eventually, yeah, eventually the CEO, he, you know, very audibly let his breath go. Right. So as we all knew. And then he, then he turned the light on and then he, he put his hand on his heart and he said, um, oxygen, oxygen is critical for life. I want Honda to be as critical to people as oxygen is to life. 
so that was pretty much our brief. <laughs> so, 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 you know, I, I say that because, and I say this to junior, junior folks on my team and other people I work with, very rarely will you get a client who's, who literally puts their kind of, you know, their heart on the line and says, this is about an emotional connection. I want a real genuine, I want people to really, really love us and love our brand. You're not talking about a product. You're talking about something human. You're talking about inspiration and things that human beings aspire to, which, you know, we all, we all have, a, you know, every brand needs to talk to a very powerful consumer insight, right? And, you know, when you think about it, it doesn't matter how old you are, you might be seven or 82, you might be from, uh, you know, South America or Russia or wherever, everyone on the planet has dreams, has ideas, right? But few of us have the courage to actually make them happen. When you are young, you have dreams and you never know where you're going to end up. But if you stick with those dreams, you might just make something special happen. And that really, again, is the core of what the Honda brand is about, is believing in that idea and having the tenacity to stick with it. I want to read you something. And for the, for the listeners, this is, this is from a document. I'll try and post it on the episode page also. This is written by Russell Davies uh, when they were doing the cog work. And it's, from, it's, it's a slide from, from his presentation. And uh, I'll just read it out. It's kind of cool. This was apparently, this was one example of a bunch of, of uh, thoughts that they had placed on the wall as they were developing uh, the, uh, the original cog spot. And um, they were trying to, they were, they were wrestling just like you guys do. They were wrestling, like all of us do at one point or another, wrestling with reduction, simplification, getting things down. And they began to realize that they couldn't really do that, that, that there was so much there that they had to do things that allowed, to, allowed them to capture the entirety of the brand. And so one of those thoughts was, was this, and I'll read it out to you. It's just sort of like a little mini manifesto. It says, funny how we're always telling children to grow up. Shouldn't it be the other way? Look around you. Who are the ones laughing the most? The ones who think that nothing's difficult. Sure ain't the grown-ups. It's the ankle biters, the ones who get excited by pebbles, the ones who don't care about money, the ones who run for no reason. They're the ones with the inside track on life and all its thrilling possibilities. Most of us were children once. How about we look inside ourselves and go back there again? The only problem, we wouldn't be able to drive. I mean, shit, I love that stuff, right? And you can yeah. see where that goes. It's, it's, that same, uh, um, it's that same sense of possibility and yeah, excitement. I, the, the, and this is, you know, again, this is why, you know, I feel so lucky because the amazing thing about Honda is that, that you, you, you sort of do need to simplify it down for the, for the sake of the brand and like it being around in 50 years time, just as you can. But there are all these little sub narratives that, that are true to the brand. So the racing one um, is very true. Um, and this challenging spirit, this just, you know, they were a challenger brand before, before people were even using the word challenger brand. When we go back to your conversation about the, the CEO, uh, and the uh, the uh, holding your breath and oxygen, et cetera. Yep. Was was he thinking about this? Because paper cog ger, well, paper and cog, they both were about the entire master brand and the and the entire portfolio of um, of Honda. They weren't just about 
automobiles. So was that part of the brief that this needed to be something that that leveraged the entire organization or was it was that something that you guys brought to the table? That was actually he was a very passionate about the entire portfolio. So that was something that was baked in. Um, and then you know there were uh, there were times later on where we where we still do things that are specific to the automotive and not the broader portfolio. Yeah. Um, that still around the, the exact same DNA and spirit. But absolutely, from he was what you would call a he was more of a red Honda uh, view. Of things. So <laughs> yeah. He knows what he wants, and you know we he's he's our audience, right? Um, so we are trying to clarify and understand the the, the communication direction and, and, and sort of get to a brief. And we did that. We and we managed to. And there's still a presentation that I that I still give today that is based on the work that we did to with the exec and with the CEO to to sort of simplify and clarify down. This is what the brand is, right? And it takes a presentation because it takes the stories and it takes the bringing it to life. Um, and what and did then, that? What did that boil down? I hate to interrupt you, but what did that boil down to in the end? Having this courage to bring imaginative ideas to life, and that just and and then we 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 defined an enemy. So the enemy were uh, basically naysayers, um, and and in your own head, kind of procrastination and not trying. So that was sort of the enemy. Nice. And as I said, the, the, if you simplify it down to really, really, you know, whatever it's, you know, ultimately, uh, it's just imagination plus determination. But the fundamental belief is, is having this courage to bring, uh, imaginative ideas to life. But you, can see in, you can see in the insight that the, that, that we've all felt that way. <laughs> right. And to your point about that child, you know, and that's true. There is this, um, youthful is one of the, uh, the, the personality traits right or the the brand's personality youthful but people mis mis uh, understand what we mean by youthful what we mean by youthful is what you have when you're a child which is you don't have that little voice in your head that says that's a stupid idea you you, you actually think the impossible is possible when you're a kid um and honda is is kind of that way they don't they don't ha- they don't have that cynicism um baked in they kind of uh, they kind of believe that that anything is possible. So youthful, it's youthful in in sort of youthful in spirit in the way that you think. When you know when you're a when you're a child, you think anything's possible. When you get older, you start to doubt yourself and you start to become cynical. You map out the brief, you get the approval of the CEO, and then you begin the process. How do you end up at paper? We 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 ended up there. Um, we had presented many, many ideas, and that that idea was one that just that just stood out. <clears throat> and like I said, you know they they know the brand in their bones and you know in their in their blood. And and I think they saw it and they went that that's Honda. That one was truly uh, it. Just felt like never seen it before. And again, the 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 notion that the idea itself felt like an extension of Honda's sort of thinking and engineering. It's like if Honda were to engineer a commercial, this was this is how it might look in in in, in an example. It's hard to look at cog and look at paper 
and not see some sort of a commonality between them was because cog had already been in the market was that sort of in the back of the ceo's head that 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 it was like we need we need something that is has a similar spirit conceptually i don't remember if he um if he i do remember we did an exercise where um the one of the senior execs sat down with the ceo and looked at work from around the world and sort of said you know which of these you know are there examples that feel honda and examples that aren't what you feel is right for honda and i think the there was work that we had <coughs> we had already created that he was like that's dead on that's that's honda that's kind of where i want to go and i think in the mix probably was um cog i mean it's a very old i mean it's it's pre it's pre youtube that i think um uh, and i can remember that it was a it was one of the first viral videos but it it was sort of even before youtube so um yeah i there was, it was definitely in the mix but it, I, he never specifically said uh you, you want you should do this or do that it was more of a um tonal and sort of thematic like uh for example i'll give you an example there, there is humor in some honda stuff that's been done over the years and it really wasn't that wasn't uh vibing with him he was he was like so that that was part of why we did that exploration um and the and so that was super helpful so again i think it was it was in the mix and you know it's great work and there's there are there are other examples where you go again because the brand is so sort of like rich and when it feels right it feels right you go yes that's it that 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 is definitely honda was there conversations about how we now take paper to the next level is there was there conversations around how paper manifests and the concept in paper manifests and has a connective tissue to uh to launch spots to to vehicle spots yeah you know we obviously you know we're always pushing to to try and um build the equity of the brand so when we were doing this we you know we laid out you know the next you know 3 to 5 years and we we said look you it would be good to do like a tent pole kind of brand effort every year you know and and make that something that you you kind of aim for um the reality is and this and you can see this happening it's not just honda but there are you know on 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 to your point earlier about like i just don't i just don't know what some of these brands stand for that there becomes a new product launch and then you got to do this and then there's a sales event and so on so i think the the reality is is over the 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 past few years you know budgets are you know even now i mean just the, the way the world's going budgets are going to get tighter and tighter right so what you then need to do is say okay um we have this effort where we're going to need to launch the new civic or the new or launch the hrv right um so for example when we launched the hrv we actually arguably did a brand spot um there's this it's a it's a really cool spot where you see all of the vehicles in honda's history kind of like coming out of each other like a russian nesting doll and it's just huh. beautiful visually right and the and and basically the idea at the end is you know we put all all of our best thinking into the into this new vehicle what we tried to do over time is 
is rather than the HRV spot being uh, looking at the HRV buyer and saying, this is what's important in their life. They're young and they do this and they go to farmer's markets. And so we'll do an ad about them going to a farmer's market, which ends up being like the category, right? Yeah. We actually did an ad that was about what Honda stands for. And it literally, when I watch it, I'm never going to buy it. Or, you know, there's somebody on my team who's like six foot something and he can't really, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a smaller SUV, right? So it's not perfect for him. So he's probably never going to buy it. But he will see that commercial and have a positive emotional connection with the, the story and with the, with the creative. Yeah. And that's what you sort of need to do is say, how can we, how can we imbue the brand when we're doing these other tactical efforts? So the tactic might be a new car. It might be um, a safety feature. It might be, uh, you know, launching a truck or whatever it is, but you do it in a way that is again, a reflection of what the brand stands for, as opposed to speaking to, you know, what the, what the segment needs are, which everyone sort of talks to. Tell us how you roll out paper. So, um, you know, again, you were stretching into the depths of my memory here, but I, I think the, the thing, the thing that we did was cause we didn't have a, a, a massive, um, media budget for this. Um, but we wanted to give it huge impact. Um, we actually did um, a really cool thing, and, and and this is cool because it kind of goes against the grain. You know, we're living in a in a time, you know, more recent times where people are looking at short content, right? It's Twitter, and it's and even you know, Vine doesn't exist anymore, but it's TikTok now, and you know, this short short form video is kind of king. And what we actually did was um, uh, NBC has this opportunity to run a two minute video twice a year, and we actually um, had this chance on Sunday Night Football and it launched with a full two-minute video nice. uh, on Sunday Night Football. So that was huge. And I remember like people, you know, because we saw people's comments, uh, you know, on Twitter and all that stuff. And they, it was, it was one of those moments where you could, you could envisage people in their living rooms. Literally, they were getting up to go get some chips and they stopped and just stared for two minutes. Yeah. And, um, and you know, it, ideally, if we'd had the money, I, I would have put it on Super Bowl as well the next year, right? But um, so, so that was how it was launched. And then there was a 60, uh, uh, again, we, we, we still went really long form, that ran on primetime for three weeks on the major networks, you know, NBC and CBS and ABC and so on. Um, and then we had other pieces. So the fun thing was, because there's a lot of richness in the story and the history, we created a, an interactive version of it on Honda.com where you could actually click on different parts of the narrative within the commercial and then find out more about that story. And we actually, um, we made a, a making of video that was also another huge piece of content because it was so fascinating, the story behind how it was made, um, that, that was put out online and then became... Another another thing that was shared, but the the interesting thing about sharing at the dealer show, we actually we actually brought the set to the dealer show uh, with all, with the table that was used to do the stop motion, which had all the drawings laid out and where the camera would have been, and it was a, a display point. So so in the middle of the dealer show, when people were having their lunch, they could wander over and go check it out and get a get a t shirt and you know the, the usual things you do at dealer shows. Um, but then but then what you then had were these people who, the dealers who know Honda, they know what Honda's about. Again, they, they get the DNA, right? 
and they're like, they, they're like, this is amazing. This is great. Can I get this video? Can I show it in my showroom? And they're sharing it on their social feeds. And so even within the network of, of that sort of tier of, you know, outside of the OEM, but the actual dealers for Honda, they, they pushed it out and, um, you know, it was huge uh, in terms of just being shared. Christian Cocker, SVP, Executive Strategy uh, Director, uh, Strategic Planning Director at RPA in Los Angeles. Honda, great conversation. You know, I actually, I actually, uh, one of our cars is a Honda Odyssey and it is uh, uh, 14 years old, man. Wow. I still drive it. I'm a Honda fan. Well, they they make the best products. They do. Um, Thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining us great having you thank you fergus this was a real pleasure and uh you know it's a great podcast thank you for uh for the chat appreciate my it. pleasure and we'll see everybody on the next episode